The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Seventh episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Someone's, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining me, returning from Dallas, Texas, for WrestleMania weekend after our little break since Floyd needed some time to regain his bearings and really rest up since being there for that wild weekend that it was. Uh, we have Floyd Johnson Jr. back off from Dallas, Texas. Home of the Cowboys. Floyd, man, how how you doing, man? Dude, let's see. The weekend was amazing. One of the better weekends I've ever had. Uh, I did get sick coming back. Apparently, a lot of people that were in WrestleMania weekend got sick. Uh, it's one of those things. Back when we were in mask and I would go on trips and I would come home and I wouldn't be sick, I said, man, even when the masks aren't required, I'm going to keep wearing masks, right? Well, got to the trip and everything and you see no one's wearing masks and you're right. just like well you feel weird if you wear a mask and I didn't and I brought my mask I was prepared I had my mask I just didn't wear it and I am paying the consequences for it we were supposed to record last night but I was literally coughing on every breath so I wouldn't have been able to make it through a show so Got some Dell Sim today, and uh, I am not coughing. I might still sound a little congested, a little different, but I am here with you. Uh, so about my WrestleMania weekend, got in Thursday night. Uh, did uh, uh, I did um, what was it called? Uh, the WrestleCon SuperCard show, the the March Hitchcock Memorial show. Got to see some. Ishii, got to see some Suzuki, got to see the Briscoe Brothers. That was a cool, uh, cool show. I didn't know by the end of the week how much Suzuki would be a part of uh, AEW. Um, and that was then, uh, did some meet and greets. I posted them on my page at Floyd Johnson Jr. if you want to check that out. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Friday was the big day, though. Uh, FTR versus the Briscoes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the show was great. Uh, ROH Supercard of Honor was great. Shout out to Samoa Joe. Uh, Nora Suzuki basically went in the TNT title in a squash match. It was amazing. 
uh, Brian Cage coming back in the debut of uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Those, those, that's great. I enjoyed all of that. But the reason I literally gave my ticket to the New Japan show away, the reason, reason we uh, auctioned off our Impact shows for charity was me and JR wanted to be in the building for when FTR and the Briscoes finally happened. Uh, if you go to my Floyd Johnson Jr., I sent a tweet out. You give me two weeks and anywhere in the world I'd be there. I found out literally two weeks to the day before the show that that match was happening and I moved heaven and earth to be there. Uh, I was in the 100 section, bought my tickets from uh, Valor Club guy. Uh, he's my guy, uh, Justin. Excellent seats. Uh, got to say hi to Sam and everything. And then we watched the match. And let me say, uh, in my head, I had an idea how this match would be. And, you know, uh, and it was going to be this glorious thing. And just like a movie, when you build it up too much, sometimes it doesn't reach your expectations. This tag team match reached my expectations and exceeded my expectations. It is one of the best live tag team matches I've ever seen. I can honestly say the best ROH tag team match I've ever seen. I can say that. Uh, I, I, I have been really blessed over the last couple of years to see a lot of good tag team matches live. So I don't know where it's going to rank in my live ever. I like to get away from it a little bit. Before I get there, because you know you have that afterglow, but the way uh, the way the match built uh, to the end, it was almost like a symphony starting off necessarily slow with your traditional wrestling, but then the crowd was so hot that they just kept going and they fed it, and in the end, when you know the Briscoes really weren't able to hit their finisher, they hit. FTR's finisher on them, but they weren't able to hit their own finisher. And then the difference in the match is FTR was able to hit the big rig. Uh, that left a very satisfying feeling. I'm one of those people that I love FTR, and whether they win or lose, not really, not really what I'm concerned about. I just like to watch them perform. But I can say when they win, it does add a little bit more excitement. So we jumped up. We celebrated. Uh, the ROH and AAA Tag Team Champions FTR. Uh, I, I, you know, if you are a star ratings guy, I had this at five and a half. Dave, in his report this week, had it at five, which is fine. Everybody's going to have their opinion. I'm always saying my scores when it comes to FTR will always be higher than everyone else's because I'm so emotionally attached to who they are as a team. But, yeah, this match more than exceeded my expectations. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. I really enjoyed that. And the only other thing that I can honestly say that was or AEW-related from the weekend is I was in the building WrestleMania Saturday for when Cody made his debut. Uh, it was the worst-kept secret ever. We knew it was going to be Cody, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't know it was going to be Cody. And uh, my close friends saw my reaction video. I did not share it on Twitter or anything because I didn't want anybody coming at me and uh crapping on my uh crapping on my excitement and my joy. So I just celebrated it with my the friends in my wrestling groups and on my Facebook. 
but I can honestly say one of the more exciting moments, the exciting moment of the WrestleMania weekend. I enjoy quite a bit of WrestleMania, but nothing beat, beat hearing uh, wrestling has more than one royal family. And then the music hitting, and it was everything to me. It made my weekend. But And icing on the cake. The only thing I'm going to talk about really not AEW related is Monday. Finally, after years of rooting for this man and loving this man, I got to meet Drew McIntyre. So yeah, so it was uh, it was it was kind of a perfect weekend. It was I, I honestly say I, I will be uh, revolution was felt like we were back. Revolution uh, revolution did feel like we were back uh, in Orlando. It felt like you know the world's back to normal. This was the confirmation of this. WrestleMania weekend was back. It was WrestleMania weekend. Uh, MVP of the weekend was Speedball Mike Bailey. He wrestled like seven or eight times. The Briscoes wrestled like four or five times. Uh, it was back to being WrestleMania weekend, and I just had a good time. I thank, uh, thank God, thank, thank God, my wife, God, and my wife, that I get to go to these things, and yeah, I'll never take it for granted. Were you able to see FTR versus Briscoe, sir? I absolutely was. I was not. I was not going to miss Supercard because I was genuinely excited to see how the show went, especially because it was the first pay per view since Tony Khan made his acquisition of Ring of Honor. So I was curious to see um, just what the vibe was with the fans going to see Ring of Honor. Plus, I like. I I love Ring of Honor, and I'm glad. I was glad to see them back putting on shows again. So, um, and I love Supercard. That match with the Briscoes and FTR out. Standing, such great work. I mean, like, literally some of the best tag team wrestling you're gonna find anywhere. Um, so happy for the for the for FTR and the guys. Like everywhere they go, they will grab. Like you want to talk about belt collectors? These guys are belt collectors. Anywhere they go, they will grab your top championship. And you know they're gonna try to do the same thing with the AEW tag team titles. Looking to be the first ever two time tag team champions in AEW. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I can tell you, man, I mean, yeah, it was worst kept secret with Cody. And I can tell you I am unbelievably happy for you and your friends and Tiffany and everybody who was there that got to experience that live. Like I'm sure the crowd was absolutely electric and you could hear the response when that when that when you could hear Cody's voice saying that line. Did you so did you see my reaction video on Facebook? I did see it. Yeah, no, I know you guys were going nuts. So, so. Yeah, the most important thing was uh if you ever wonder why that decision when he said the decision was easy, think about his last reaction when he came out to the ring against Sammy Guevara. And then think about his reaction when he came out to the ring mm -hmm. in WrestleMania. I mean, I mean, I'm not like whether right decision or wrong decision. I'm not saying that. You know, I mean, I haven't. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just look at it. You know what I mean? It was like I think he, if he didn't go a certain direction in AEW, that was going to be hit the rest of his time there. He was going to be booed, right, until he turned heel, and then they would have cheered him, which is weird. But people like, oh, that's weird. No, look at Roman Reigns. Right. They booed him until he went heel. And I got to tell you, it. I mean, he's over. He's, he's, he's been over, yeah. No, no, no. Like, you don't know if someone's over until WrestleMania weekend, right? Cause Fair. I'll say that because you look at their reaction 
versus everybody else's reaction, right? And I've seen every iteration of Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. Everyone I've been there live for. I was there for 34. Everyone Brock was more over than Roman until this year. Yeah. But back yeah, back back to Cody though too yeah, again like yeah. I said. Yeah, no, no. I I personally I personally may not be the biggest fan of the move, but yeah, I don't care what Cody decides to do with his career. It's his career. I'm not going to be like, "Oh, it should be like this." It's like, no. It's like I'll I'll offer my thoughts on it, but like at the end of the day, he does what he wants. I mean, like he went from undesirable to undeniable. No question about it. He got Corey Graves to fucking quote Ocarina of Time, which was so fucking funny like the fact that he legitimately got that man during his intro to say a line from chic in ocarina of time so fun i have no idea what that is no yeah <laughs> i'll tell you I'll, I'll show you the clip i know botchamania made a video on it i thought it was really funny but um I'm, I'm super happy for everyone who's excited about it and like to all the wwe fans who are mega pumped again like We've known how good Cody is, and we've talked about how good Cody is for years now. You are going to enjoy having Cody. I promise you. So, like, have your fun with him. I can't wait to see what he does. Um, but no, while, I, while, I, while I might not be a fan of the move, and I think it might be a short-term fix to a long-term problem, go nuts. I'm, I'm, if you're happy about it, go nuts. My big thing is this. I am a AEW guy. I enjoy AEW's product more than I enjoy WWE's. I am also a Cody fan, and I will support Cody no matter where he goes and be a Cody fan. But, you know, I, I made it clear on my Twitter, pro wrestling comes first for me, pro wrestling over everything. Right now, in my opinion, based on my taste and what I watch, AEW is the pro best pro wrestling in the world. So... The idea that somehow any loyalty or how much I love AEW would go away based on Cody going, that's just ridiculous to me because I'm going to be a double or nothing. I'm going to be an all out. I'm going to be a full gear just like I thought I would. I'm going to be in every dynamite I can closer to me. And you know what? Will I throw a SummerSlam in there? Maybe. Will I throw a Survivor Series or big shows in there? Maybe. Because I do support Cody, and I do like Cody. But to me, I don't like anything more than I like great pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that is that is what it is. But at the end of the day, I'm very happy that your weekend was filled with a lot of fun, a lot of memorable moments, a lot of things you won't forget, both on the WrestleMania side and from, like, Ring of Honor and WrestleCon and meeting all these wrestlers. Like, you met a ton of people. Yeah, so if Johnny Gargano <laughs> knows where he's going, he's not letting in anybody in on the secret. No, he is not. He is keeping that a secret. Yeah, I got my Anna J figure signed, Jungle Boy, Britt. I uh, got all those met Nia Jax. Uh, she she really does. She's like she's enjoying her life right now. Like wrestling is the last thing on her mind. Uh, you know, from the short conversation I had with her, and it was really cool because I just think she's so hot. But well, <laughs> that, goes to, that goes to another thing. But I just had a really good weekend. Ric Flair had a really good weekend. Uh, um, <laughs> got my Bret Hart uh, picture finished. Uh, signed by Bret Hart, and it was great. So now I'm going to get it specially framed because it is signed by Bret Hart, Dax, and Cash. I mean, I had an amazing time. I mean, I could not. 
there's no way I could sum it up with great people. JR, the Lucha professor, was there with me. My boy Josh Mead got us to hook up on the cheap hotel. The godfather of social suplex, Jeremy Donovan, was there with me. We had a great time. Talked a lot of shit. JR got a lot. One day, when JR is on here, I will tell the story of how fucking drunk he got at the Supercard of Honor. <laughs> Uh, I believe I don't drink at wrestling shows, so this was it was a wholly unique experience. But I want Jr. to be on here, right? When he, I sell this story, so y'all will know I am not exaggerating everything that happened. That boy was lit, uh, but we had a, we had a really good weekend. Yeah. Well, again, we got we got to get back into AEW topics for sure. But I'm glad, like I said, your weekend was outstanding. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, we're recording this on Friday. Rampage just wrapped up. I'm going to preface this by saying I worked all day. I have not been able to watch anything from Rampage since I got back from work. So in terms of uh, the Rampage results from tonight, from April 8th, uh, that's mostly going to be Floyd who's going to be covering shit because, again, I did not see it. I don't know what happened. I heard that some stuff was really good, and I'm going to watch it tomorrow, but I have not seen anything. So I'm just prefacing that if you're wondering why I got little to nothing to say about Rampage. But before we get into the entire show, though, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, Please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and you can leave a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And we talked about his legendary week uh, with uh, with uh, WrestleMania weekend. But how about FTR's legendary week? I mean, again, like just we ran through it again. Won the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. And then literally a few days later had their second classic match with the Young Bucks, which we'll get into with our Dynamite review. I mean, these guys... And also, we'll, we'll, we'll mention this too. These motherfuckers are over as shit as baby faces. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to give a lot of love. FTR, everyone knows how I feel about FTR, and I'm going to say stuff about FTR. But tonight you're going to hear a lot of love about the Young Bucks because I think FTR is really talented. Dax, his, uh, Dax and Cash's stuff with Renee, I think, added to it. But Young Buck's ability to work his heels. It, quite amazing. It, it is quite amazing because they're just as good as heels as they are as faces. We're finding the same thing about FTR. Uh, but, yeah, uh, as an FTR fan, long FTR fan, you, I mean, ever since, I've no, you, ever since I've known you, I've touted FTR, right? Always. Uh, yeah, I've always touted them. Uh, it's great to see everybody loving them. And I'm not, I am not one of those people I was here first. I am not planting my flag. I'm really not. I, I just love that they're getting love because these yes. two, two dudes are so talented. Uh, I, I told Jackie this, and this is the best way I put it. Uh, their confidence made me pay attention when I met them and they told me, that they were the best tag team in the world. I I can't say I was a fan from that day. They told me the best tag team in the world. I had them sign me. I had them take a picture. And I was like, I'm going to pay attention. Their confidence made me pay attention. 
you know, their talent and their skill made me a fan, right? But their passion for wrestling is what made me love them. Yeah, no, you can't deny that. You you literally can. Yeah, I just like generally any wrestling person that says you know they grew up a fan and you can tell and they can talk about how much they grew up wanting to do this. You're always gonna have me like in your side, like and that goes to Edge and even Cody and all. If you look at my favorites, they tend to be people that grew up in wrestling because fandom is so important to me. So. To me, if you were a fan when you were young, you've kind of walked a mile in my shoes, you know, and I, I, I always, that's always going to attract me more to you. But them, how much they love Brett, how much they just love professional wrestling. I mean, it, it, I mean, and it's been the most consistent thing about them, you know, heel face or whatever. They love pro wrestling, and that's what makes me love them so much and appreciate them because. Again, I can tell. I can even say this to Dex uh, about Dex. He changes the way I watch pro wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd been a kid and I'd been a fan. I'd watch the big spots. You know, there'd be the occasional thing that I catch that I really like somebody do. But dude, I've really started learning to pay attention to the small things, and it's heightened how I watch other wrestling, like how people do a collar and elbow tie up, their punches. Uh, you know how they execute the headlock takeover and how it might look more like an offensive maneuver. And when I pay attention to that, it, it it has enhanced my ability to enjoy wrestling. And I can't say many wrestlers have ever done that in my life. As far as me, I've watched wrestling the way I watch wrestling, but Dex kind of just like, you know, pointing things out. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's not something I would have paid attention to before and it's uh makes me appreciate him uh, appreciate both of them more because they are they're both equally talented i'm i i probably lean closer to dex as my favorite don't get me wrong cash is amazing but dex is more like me he's more like a talker you know what i mean mm-hmm. he, he he lets you in so i know more about him so that, that allows me to be more of a fan of him but you know cash man he he can go he can go, and he, you hear the passion and everything in what they do. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's its just been amazing. I, I, I mean, I'm going to stop talking now so we can continue, but uh, it's been amazing to see them finally getting their flowers. And, yeah, and, and you're going to – yeah. Not, not just from inside the wrestling, from outside of – like fans. Yep. No, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the match itself with the Young Bucks uh, in our Dynamite review. But there's one quick thing we have to talk about before we get into Dynamite, which is something that actually came out today, uh, earlier today that we have to go over. Uh, Tony Khan's back on his Twitter shit, uh, and uh, it has got the wrestling world getting all getting all kinds of opinions out. So earlier today, this afternoon, Tony Khan uh, put out a tweet and a few tweets actually, a little thread saying, uh, "quote." An independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti, anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of accounts and an army of bots to single signal boost them. Look closely. These aren't real people. Who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing? And then he would go down saying, ever wonder why so much of the activity of these accounts is retweets and replies? Like, who actually has 80% of their activity as straight up retweets? Research this one for yourselves. You internet detectives thrive in these situa- situations. Speaking of which, you won't want to miss Rampage. 
These their boiler room staff is going to be working overtime on Friday, and I love it. So, Tony Khan, this is like the the first thing he's done on Twitter to like really stir up the fans since he said the things that he said about Big Swole, like jumping to conclusions on the interview that she did on her on that one podcast. Um, I'll go to Floyd on this one first. I'll offer I'll offer my thoughts on what Tony's saying afterwards, but I know Floyd has some specific things to say um, about what Tony tweeted out today. Okay, so first of all, Tony needs Tony Tony has friends, but he needs the friend that'll tell him why not to press send. He doesn't seem like he has that friend. Yeah. Uh, I say this not because I did don't believe Tony Khan. Tony Khan is an analytic stats guy. I bring that up on the show all the time, that that's what his background is. He cares about numbers. It's not he wants to get the numbers as big as possible. So when he shares this information, I, I believe this is 100% accurate information. He's not going to lie about the numbers, right? And also, I, I, I brought this up. Everyone on the internet for, I'd say the last 10 or 15 years or since I really joined in the IWC, which was like six or six years ago, um, everybody um, has wanted unfettered access. They want to know why booking decisions are made. They want to know why matches are made, blah, blah, blah. Tony Khan, as the owner and booker of AEW, has probably been as transparent as he possibly can without letting like insider secrets and just flat out dirt out there. He has been open. He tweets about this stuff. He talks about ratings and the numbers that matter. He's like, I booked all four champions. He talks about why he likes Jade. He, he is an open book when it comes to booking, right? If you honestly look at it this way, the information he provided today was just him continuing to be an open book. It's really not a news story. But what he says, what he says in there can be taken like he is blaming WWE for the bot accounts. He never said WWE. He never mentioned WWE. But whenever you say who has the money and they would spend it on that, you talk about having a great sum of money. People are going to jump to the conclusion of WWE, no matter what. So in this case, when I look at tweets, when I do my Twitter, and Austin, you can tell me if it it doesn't seem like I do this. When I tweet, I look at what's the best case scenario. If everybody takes this the way I want it to take, take it, right? What's the best case scenario? And I look at it, and I look at the other options. What's the worst-case scenario? If everybody takes what I do completely wrong, and if the bad outweighs the good, I don't tweet it. And that's why you'll see, you know, I don't do a lot of controversial tweets, right? FTR's the best tag team in the world, blah, blah, blah. I love my football team, that kind of shit, right? Tony. When I'm looking at the positives and negatives of this one, it looks like there is way more negatives than you looking like a kook than <laughs> positives in people taking the information as the <clears throat> information you got. it. Like I said, I like that you have this type of transparency, but I probably wouldn't have put the tweet out 
And like I, I the, the analogy I, uh, I went with Austin with, and I hope y'all can understand this one, because, you know, if I went outside to take out the trash right now, right, and I looked up and I saw a flying saucer and then I saw alien in front of me, right, and I'm like in shock and then they disappear, right, and I came into the house, you know what I would do? I wouldn't say shit. You know why? <laughs> because no matter what, no matter how much my wife loves me, she ain't going to believe it. I'm going to, only way it's coming out is that I look crazy. So I'm just going to be like, I saw an alien. That's pretty cool. And go about my business. Right? Now, Tony Khan saw the alien, which was this report. And the report, 100% <clears throat> true. But until he posts the links and the information, the name of the independent place, all that stuff, no one's going, well, excuse me, half of the people aren't going to believe you. There were going to people, there are half people that were going to believe him no matter what, and there was half people not going to believe him no matter what. I'm glad he got it off his chest because he felt like he, he needed to, but it just seems like you could have saved this one until you were ready to put all the information out there. Yeah, and the only things that I'll add with it, too, because, again, like, whether or not these are true, because at the end of the day, it's like, <clears throat> I don't really care, because, like, regardless of, like, if most of the accounts that say stuff to, like, are like, oh, AEW shit, bloody bloody blah blah, and blah, or whatever, um, if they're bots, if they're not, I don't really care, because I'm not looking for those tweets. It's just not something I care about. Um, but... If at the end of the day, though, we 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 talked about before about how like people in AEW like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks never really wanted to have AEW be positioned as like the antithesis or the competition to WWE. That was something that Cody was kind of all gung ho about when AEW first started. And now Cody's left and he's gone back to WWE. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, the reason that AEW is so tribalistic with against WWE and make all the shots and say all the things that they say about WWE and poke, poke, poke fun at them, uh, that's now going to be gone. So you're going to see a little bit less of that. Tony Khan has come out and has continued to stoke the flames of that possible thing. Even if he's never mentioned WWE by name, you're stoking the flames on it because let's be fair here. Most of AEW haters are going to be people who prefer WWE over AEW. It's just kind of what it's going to be like. Um, <clears throat> I, again, that's a massive generalization, but it's a pretty good chance that if you hate AEW, you most likely like WWE at least more than you do AEW. So <clears throat> that's that. But he's stoking the flames of it again. So, like, we know wrestling fans right now, it's tribalistic and it's stupid. It's not going to stop because the hardcore AEW and the hardcore WWE fans are going to scream at each other, never-ending. And then all it really does is just hurt the people in the middle that watch everything. Like myself, like Floyd, we watch everything. We watch as much as we can because at the end of the day, we're wrestling fans. And we want to watch wrestling. Like, while we prefer AEW over WWE, and while we prefer watching a WWE less than we do AEW, it doesn't mean we don't watch. Floyd was literally at WrestleMania weekend. So regardless of the fact, it's like stuff like this is just like it gets people in a rile and everyone goes like, hey, wire over. And I'm like, it's like 
kind of want to just be like, y'all chill the fuck out. Just like, let these guys go at it and like scream at each other and have this feud and then just be the people that watch all this wrestling and benefit from it the most. Because at the end of the day, like AEW trying to compete, whether they're trying to compete with WWE or not, what they try to do to like, whether it be to counter program or whether it be to really try to capitalize on WWE's releases or whatever they try to do, or WWE trying to capitalize with Cody. It just makes the products better because of it. So just try to enjoy what you enjoy. And like, you don't need to go after people. You really don't. I've got a good friend of mine. I've got a good friend of mine, Ryan Slocum. Uh, I'm trying to get on this podcast, the job guys, he's ducking me. Uh, (laughs) He has some of the worst wrestling takes I think ever, but I'm still good friends with this guy. I bust his balls all the time. I genuinely do. Cause this man like despises the undertaker, thinks he's awful and hates the young bucks. And will even if he has legitimate criticisms about AEW, he'll always go for the hot take, like, like nail biting thing of like, Oh, well this. And like, I'm like, you could have, you could have actually had a genuine criticism, but instead you want to go for the knee jerk, like, Oh, this is shit with no explanation. Uh, but I'm still good friends with this man, and I still enjoy talking with him. Like, it doesn't have to be this way. I just say this. You know me. I told you before. I like tribalism. I like – I like. I came from the Attitude Era. I like WWE versus WCW. But there – and I do think there's an extreme 20% on both sides. But I do think there's the 60% in the middle – and you should just leave those people alone. Yeah, if you if you if you're gonna go after anybody, go after the hardcore ones. But like, leave the people who just want to enjoy everything and yeah. just leave them the fuck out of it. Yeah, because me, dude, I'll go watch. If you told me Minoru Suzuki and uh, Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe was in the bingo hall down the street and under no company names, and they're just uh, wrestling on some uh, high school wrestling mats. I would go sit there, pay my money, and watch it and enjoy it. It does. It doesn't have to be a certain brand for me to enjoy wrestling. I just like wrestling. Exactly. But that's enough talk about stuff outside of the television from AEW. Let's get into the AEW Dynamite results from April sixth. We opened up the show in Boston. Christian Cage against Adam Cole, baby, an absolutely outstanding singles match between uh, a veteran of pro wrestling and a guy who's absolutely kicking ass in AEW. So everyone who wants to say that Adam Cole's been buried, I mean, he's out here having outstanding matches, like kicking off Dynamite. Like, I cannot count how many times Dynamite has opened up with, you know it's all about the boom, because, I mean... Motherfuckers go crazy when this guy comes out. They just do. Tons of great work in this match, back and forth. Christian really doing great work of countering a lot of uh, Adam Cole's offense. Um, I love the fact that um, they're really amplifying the fact that like Adam Cole can hit you with the boom knee, but if he doesn't lower that pad, there's a good chance you might be able to get out of it. So I like the fact that it just gives an extra level of his offense of like, when he lowers that knee pad, if he hits you with it, he, you are done. You are not getting up. So I, I love the added uh, element to that. Um, uh, Adam Cole is gonna was able to hit the boom and win after uh, 
poking him in the eyes uh, thanks to the referee being distracted. Uh, Red Dragon comes down. They start beating down on Christian Cage. Jurassic Express come down and get into a fight. And then Hangman comes out, gets in the face of Adam Cole, and then said, like, look, I guess after last week you realized you couldn't just steal the championship. Uh, you So next week on Rampage, live in Texas, he's defending the championship in a Texas death match. So Rampage is going to have an AEW title match in a Texas death match in Texas. So that episode of Rampage just went up in big time stock. So like massive, massively excited for that. Yes, that's going to be an amazing match. That's going to be amazing. I'm really so, excited. So you got anything else you want to add to the match itself between Cole and Christian, or shall we move on? No, uh, Cole and Christian. Uh, I love when Christian comes, it really matters. He's only lost one match in AEW, and they did really drove that home during this match. Uh, Christian's one of those people that they knew, you know, they were getting a little older guy, you know, and he has really went into his role. He's a player coach. He, uh, You've seen Jungle Boy get better on, on his promos. You've seen Jurassic, uh, ex- uh, Jurassic Express elevated in the company and then christian whenever you need a good match he can come out there and throw out a really solid match made adam cole look really strong and at the end when the frustration from losing i thought that drove home that he still sees himself as a competitor and i think that was needed because you know some people when they get pushed a little bit behind and they start losing it's like oh well i lost no, it still pisses me off that I lost. It's I still want to win. I just wasn't good enough today. I thought that added a lot to this match. Yeah, no, it was really great, and it was an awesome way to start off Dynamite. <clears throat> we move over to the first men's qualifying match for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Samoa Joe making his AEW debut, facing off against Platinum Max Caster. I have to say, this rap was significantly better than the one he did last week. I always got to just have my opinions on Max's rap since they are very, very important to me, I feel like. Um, Joe was so, like, the crowd was going nuts for him. Um, Joe had some really great interactions just making, like, poking fun at Max and really just knocking him down. We got to see the return of the Muscle Buster. We hadn't seen that move in forever uh, since I believe they took it away because of... uh, I know Tyson Kidd got hurt accident, yeah, uh, accidentally yeah. with it, so he's kind of stopped doing it. And from what I've seen people say is that uh, the change that he's made with the Muscle Buster move is that instead of holding it, holding the legs when he lands with the move, he releases it. So that way it's kind of like you're landing like a suplex. Yeah, it's just um, more of a suplex bump. Right, so it's thing. it's a bit of a safer landing. Yeah. Regardless of the fact the Muscle Buster's back, I know it's a bit of a dangerous move, but like I look at it the same way as like the Styles Clash. It's just a cool move. I like the move, and it's uh, really great to see. Joe looks fucking vicious. Um, we then, after the match, uh, got Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt on stay on cam because if you uh missed out on ring of honor super connor super card of honor jay lethal turned heel on that night and got in the face of uh oh my god why am i blanking i'm so sorry uh, i'm blanking jonathan gresham, jonathan gresham. You yes you, the brand your memory was short you know my my memory was short yes no and um the brand new unified ring of honor champion uh he got in the face of jay lethal got in the face of jonathan and uh 
started brawling with him, and that's when Samoa Joe made his debut. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, who also Sanjay turned heel as well, since originally they were like Jay. He was like Jay, what the hell are you doing? And then turned heel later in the night. Um, Jay said, "Like, listen, you didn't rec- you didn't return my calls for four months, and you were my teacher. Like, I wanted to know, I wanted to hear from you. So you like, you know what?" Next week, I'm gonna give you a, a gift, actually, to my 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 teacher, my my sensei. I'm gonna give you a gift next week that you're never going to forget. So, if Samoa Joe's first feud back in uh in AEW is gonna be uh against uh against uh, Jay Lethal, yes, please. Um, especially if I know they're probably gonna keep him, have him do stuff on Ring of Honor television as well. Um, a lot of back and forth with that, but I am all for. Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. I mean, that just, I, whew, that yeah. sounds like it's going to be a hell of a first feud for Joe. First thing to say, Caster's rap was an all timer this week. This was yeah. a really good one. And yeah. this is, it was one of those raps that was so vicious. I hope he talked to Joe about it before. Cause I was like, good Lord. I was like, oh my God, that's not nice. Uh, and then the match was the match. Samoa Joe, straightforward style. Max Caster, super talented, but. His position is not to get pushed now. It's to make other people look good. And, you know, honestly, he's getting over with his raps. That's what, you know, people tune in for him for. So they won. Then they went right into the uh, Jay Lethal story. So it looks like they're going to be intertwining ROH's storylines and belts in with AEW. So it's definitely going to make a more full product and allow for people to get uh, featured in a different way. Uh, Jay Lethal was kind of lost, and now he's in a feud with uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, A feud with Samoa Joe and kind of Jonathan Gresham. I mean, he's all in it. And then they looks like they signed Sanjay Dutt. And that's kind of cool because I've always liked the the original player from the Himalaya, uh, Sanjay Dutt. So I've always thought he was really good. So them teaming up with Jay Lethal, that's cool. Also today, Friday the 8th was, or it might have been the 7th, uh, seventh or eighth was Sunday Dutch's fortieth birthday. Happy birthday! Oh, shout out! Uh, well, moving on to the next match, we had Captain Sean Dean facing off against the Chairman Sean Spears. This was a continuation of MJF trying to be out there for his Pinnacle Boys, like supporting them and really trying to build them up in wins and really try to get the Pinnacle back on top where he says they are. And instead, what ends up happening is that Wardlow comes out and just demolishes AEW security. Up until the point where uh, I believe it was Sam and his boys. Once Sam and the boys got on there and Atlas Security got a hold of him, you ain't going nowhere. I don't care who you are. Atlas Security is not one to be fucked with. I promise you. I promise you. So Wardlow uh, distracts uh, Sean Spears, which gets ro- who gets rolled up by Captain Sean Dean. And Sean Dean, with the upset win, gets the win over Sean Spears. And Spears is livid. MJF is trying to calm down Sean Spears, who is not okay. And Wardlow is being carried out by security with a big old smile on his face. Pinnacle isn't going to be able to do anything positive until they get rid of Wardlow. And good fucking luck with that. The captain is undefeated on Dynamite this year. Let's go! Shout out! uh, Give him Scorpio. Give him Scorpio. Scorpio Sky got a streak. Captain Dean got a streak. Let's go. Let's streak get this for, settled. Streak versus streak. TNT title. Let's go. Let's go. Captain is unbeaten. What owns it? I love it. Salute. This was a this is a storyline match, and it moved the story going forward. 
I'm loving it. Wardlow is getting very chance similar to Goldberg. When you hear it, it's like Wardlow. Yep. Wardlow. You, you kind of hear it coming. So, yeah, uh, they are definitely building something special right now. Yeah, Wardlow, it looks like he's going to be outstanding. And again, it's going to be another another piece of like a different style to AEW and a different look because like it, like, Variety has always been the one thing that always does the best when it comes to AEW. So having a guy like Wardlow be getting so much momentum and so much uh, like good responses from the crowd, like guys like him and Keith Lee, I'm glad that AEW is also like continuing to like make their roster look so varied and so different from people from different backgrounds, styles, looks locations like it's it just makes the product better when like you have so many unique characters that you can instantly point people out and they look recognizable and they are stars so i think it's 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 only doing great things and i'm so glad wardlow's getting great responses and i cannot wait to see how long it takes for him to finally get his hands on that piece of shit max um moving over we had eddie kingston santana and ortiz earlier in the day they took the crap and beat it out of Jericho Appreciation Society, who eventually had to run away after Jake Hager pulled up in his SUV and they all jumped in and ran. And um, fucking goddamn Eddie Kingston with a flat screen TV just chasing these motherfuckers out of the building. Like, what? <laughs> I love Eddie. I love him so much. This motherfucker's crazy. Like, he just grab. You see, I see him running with a TV and I'm laughing my ass off. It is so funny. Just seeing him chase these guys out. And then Eddie Santana Ortiz come out to the ring and to no music, just come out and just scream about how Jericho Appreciation Society is filled with a bunch of cowards. Chris Jericho is a two-faced coward. It's like, y'all, did y'all see him running? And like, listen, Jericho, your association, it's on site. So you know what that means? You could be with your wife and kids, and I'm still gonna attack you on site. Santana calls them the Jericho Bitch Society. And they said, and Ortiz brings it up saying, like, listen, we're going to have a good old fashioned six man match in New Orleans next week. Either way, it's going to be on site. And he said, and Kingston wrapped it up by saying, we're going to beat you like Junkyard Dog and Hacksaw Butch Reed style. History, people. History. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he just, I mean, he literally brought up my childhood in that part. I mean, the first, I'm from Oklahoma City, the first wrestling I ever had was like Mid-South Wrestling. It was Junkyard Dog and Hacksaw Butch Reed. Uh, wow. I thought that was like really cool. Eddie first, Eddie first, for the first time, did something I didn't like. And I have to say this. You don't abuse TVs. I love <laughs> TV is my best friend. TV raised me. So you don't abuse TVs. That's bad. But he then made up for it with the reference to uh, Butcher Reed and Junkyard Dog. Love it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just really, um, this is a really good solid segment. Uh, it really leads to what Eddie Kingston is about. Eddie Kingston's a great promo. He's an amazing promo, but it's really like he's a he's so good of a promo because it seems like how much he hates the promo. He doesn't want to talk. He just wants to fight. But I gotta talk. You know what I mean? And and the right. on site thing. How's that not a shirt yet? Come on, 
Make it Shop happen. Shop AEW. Shop AEW. What's going on? You got a sale going on right now. You're not gonna put a shirt yeah, like that man. on while you got a big yeah. spring sale. You put the three on the. You put the three of them on there and just put on site. There you go. Simple ass shirt. It'll sell because everybody understands on site. That means yeah. I don't care where you are. I could be with my girl. We going into the movies. You chilling, and I, 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 I'm like, I'm walking in my chair, and I accidentally see you in the second row, and I'm coming over that row and jumping on you, cause that's how it works. That's what on site means. It's such a simple concept, but it's such a violent concept, and I love it. And it works for Eddie too. I mean, this is a guy that when you see him on TV, this looks like some guy just walked into the ring, grabbed a microphone, and it was just starting to run motherfuckers down. Like Eddie, Eddie feels so real in a way that like not a lot of wrestlers can replicate. Like wrestlers can cut good promos and wrestlers can like wrestle strong and like make everything seem like legit. There's something about Eddie, like this man, like I could show anybody footage of Eddie Kingston and you're like, this guy isn't acting. This guy isn't putting on a performance. This guy is like. You took him off the street, put him on TV, and you were like, I don't know what this motherfucker's going to say, but I'm just going to let him say shit because I know it's going to make me money. And you are 100% right. I got so much love for this. I mean, like, again, while I may be kind of iffy on the Jericho Appreciation Society, society, I think the fact that they call themselves sports entertainers and they beat up pro wrestlers is funny as shit. Don't know necessarily like how much it's going to be productive in terms of them being heels. Regardless, it's funny as shit. So, at the end of the day, though, you put them with you put somebody against Eddie Kingston, and I'm going to want to see what the fuck happens. I don't care who it is. I don't. I don't care. Um, but as a CM Punk fan, I also still have to say fuck Eddie Kingston. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I gave him my flowers, but fuck Eddie Kingston. <laughs> this is one of the rare episodes again without CM Punk. It's like, oh my, God. it's outstanding. I mean, again, and it wasn't in the the show. The show didn't. I will say the show didn't didn't suffer because of it though. Like it was a, still a very good show. We got dude, a lot to talk about still. Dude, when they were putting certain wrestlers on and putting them on dynamite like Will or Yuta and uh you know certain just wrestlers and they were building their roster and they were making the middle and the bottom of their roster stronger and everybody was giving them shit. This is why Cody's gone, right? CM Punk is hasn't been on TV in 2 weeks. Two amazingly strong episodes. Kenny Omega still hurt. Yeah, yeah. Kenny Omega still hurt. Two amazingly strong episodes, and it looks like they're about to have a third strong episode based on what's been announced. Think about that. It's like, yeah, we're gonna take some hits. Maybe, maybe some ratings are gonna fall, and some quarter hours are gonna tank. But we're building our roster, and it's really strong right now. Yeah, and again, it's like it shows too that like the the product. Like, in terms of, like, enjoyment value, not in terms of, like, ratings or anything like that, but in terms of, like, episodes of Dynamite that you still, like, there's not there's a consistent quality in enjoyment that I have with AEW Dynamites every single week, and it, it really doesn't necessarily matter who's on the card. And this will be my one and only shot if you let me have it. You compare this to something like, what the fuck would happen if Roman Reigns was off TV for, like, even a month? like the product would probably suffer a little bit for it. I would enjoy it more because they'd actually have a little bit more time to devote to other wrestlers on their roster because, I mean, 
let's face it, I don't know who other than – I know people will say Cody. I don't know who challenges Roman at this point. He's unstoppable. He's literally reached the peak. I know – and I got nothing for respect for the guy because, I mean, like he's out, he's been outstanding since he's turned heel. He's been outstanding. I don't know where the fuck you go from here because I don't think anybody on your roster is at that level to the point where they would be considered believable to beat Roman Reigns for both championships. Brock was the last guy. That was it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could get into a WWE conversation later, but. uh, Yeah, no, me and him will probably talk about this off air. But like going back to the AEW thing, though, you don't have Cody. You don't have Kenny. You don't have CM Punk on this on like and it's had CM Punk for a couple episodes. And again, like the shows are still solid, really, really good. And that that to me is the thing that I'll always point to as the reason as to why I like this like AEW so much is that like there's so many guys and girls on here I enjoy so much that even if my favorites aren't here, I don't really care. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I mean, they've built a roster. They've, and they will continue to build it. And I keep telling people, like, hey, that's, I mean, I just, AEW gets, get, is at, they're in a groove right now, and I really enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. We then had uh, the backstage interview with MJF and Sean Spears. Uh, actually, before that, Jade Cargill came out and uh, introduced the baddie section. Love the baddie section. Think it's great. He said, listen, it was difficult to find some beautiful people in uh, Boston, but we we made it work because we got to make it work for Jade Cargill. So we got some beautiful women here in the baddie section and uh, continuing to run down the slobs that are wrestling fans. However, Mark Sterling was like, Marina Shafir was not allowed in the baddie section. She may be a badass, but she's no baddie. And Jade's response was, she calls herself the problem. Thankfully, I'm the problem solver. Simple enough. I'm glad that at least like we're we're mentioning uh, Marina Schaffer as a legitimate issue since um, Mark Sterling's clearly nervous about having Jade face Marina Schaffer, and I like the fact that that little character thing is there. Um, but we definitely, I'm going to be excited when they actually show more of Marina Schaffer on television. Uh, I have enjoyed seeing the stuff that I have seen on Dark, but definitely getting her a little bit more of a shine on TV will be adding a little bit more to this feud, I bet. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that it, it looks like it's uh, going to be Jade's like feud. I don't feel like this is building to just one match. I feel like this is going to be a feud, and that's good. Uh, Marina Shafir, uh, I like that. You know, she has a certain style that works, and I think it will be counteractive to Jade's style, which is super cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to where it's going. They actually had Marina on. Uh, What's that show called? Rampage tonight. So we'll yeah. talk about that when we get there. Yeah. And then in the backstage interview with MJF and Sean Spears, basically Wardlow was told by MJF, show your, I pray you show your face next week because there'll be even more security guards, twice as many, in fact. And then Sean Dean, next week, me and you, MJF. And he says, there's not going to be another upset victory. <laughs> I hope there is. Uh, moving over, though, we had a tables match. Between the Butcher and the Blade and Matt and Jeff Hardy. Now, in terms of technicality for this match, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a tables match. It was there for the spots. In terms of like wrestling ability or anything like that, you're not getting it with this match. So, in the spot from Jeff was really good. The the Swanton Bomb off the ladder was really really good. Um, 
didn't love this. I thought it was fine, but I, I honestly like again like I love the Hardys. And I love the fact that they're having this final run and people are so excited to see them back. It's outstanding. But like this to me, to me, this feels way more like playing the hits than say like CM Punk's return where like there's been a lot more substance to it. This feels like more like a playing the hits uh, finale, like one last run tour to me. Not that that's a problem or that there's something wrong with that. But, like, the feud-wise between the Hardys and uh, the AFO, which they came out looking like they were going to beat up on the Hardys, and then Sting's music hit to even up the odds, and uh, he wiped out Private Party with his bat. And then he was going to hit Andrade, but Bunny was put in front of him as a human shield, and they walked out to the back as Bunny was blocking the path. Um, To me, though, again, this feels like playing the hits, and it like it's not that it's bad i just don't i can't really get too heavily into it because i love the hardys but like it's just not something that like i can only see jeff do this so many times where i'm like okay man let's chill the fuck out let's let's chill because like we don't need you doing this every week every once in a while i'm always cool to see jeff do a crazy table ladder spot or whatever i don't need to see you do this every single week 2015 is when i was done with jeff hardy and uh yeah it's still that way and i thought this was entertaining for what it was but it's just like it's really weird when you know you've been watching a wrestler like your whole life or their whole wrestling life let me say this you're their whole wrestling life and you can see they're clearly lost a step and they're gonna have to figure out a way to compensate for that and i don't think they did that this well with that match. Maybe I'm trying not to be negative uh, at all. I'm just saying, just my personal opinion. It's just, it's like, out of all this two hours, this is the part I just have to kind of live through. Yeah, and again, I thought it was fine. I did. You can definitely see there was a couple of missteps with like how spots didn't go necessarily the way that they wanted it to. But I mean, it's a tables match. Like a lot of them are just like it's for the spot and like. The Hardy fans that love Jeff and love Matt, like this is exactly the type of thing that they expect and that they would want. Um, I, I I don't like I said, not hating on it. I'm just it 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 wasn't what I was looking for necessarily, um, but it was fine. But anyway, moving on, we had the AEW Tag Team Champions Jurassic Express backstage challenging Red Dragon to a match, and that they were going to put the belts on the line. And then, of course, uh, Luchasaurus goes like, dragons, dinosaurs, bleh. And I'm just like, thank you, uh, Luchasaurus, for just being you. Um, Moving on from that, though, we had another qualifying match for the Own Heart Foundation for the women's tournament. Hikaru Shida faced off against Julia Hart. And uh, Julia was especially... uh, House of Blackified, I guess, uh, for this match where before the bell rang, she attacked Hikaru Shida. The Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pilmer Jr. were like, what are you doing? And Julie was just like, back. Go to the back. I don't want you here. Go to the back. So I, I love JR. He's like, I don't think I've ever seen somebody kick their own managers uh, out, of the, out of the ringside. And I was like, I like that call. Um, and this was a pretty decent match, I would say. It was um, Julia 
had had some really good work in there. Um, I definitely dig the fact that like they're continuing to tease her turning heel with this House of Black idea. Um, and I think when she joins, it will be a great move. Um, and uh, Sheeta, I love the fact that Sheeta's back and she was able to get the win. Uh, and she is in the tournament. I think that adds more to the tournament of her being probably one of the big favorites. Um, Serena Deeb then comes out trying to ambush her with a sealed chair. She turned around in time, though, and Sheeta had a candlestick, and they were, like, eyeing each other up, like, who's going to swing first? And eventually Serena Deeb walks away. I do like that this feud is always a consistent thing, and I want, I know Serena Deeb's probably going to make the tournament as well, and they're always going to tease, like, are these two going to face each other again, but in the Own Heart Foundation Women's Tournament, um, which I am fine with. I love these two to death. Anytime they wrestle each other, I'm always for it. And, like, it works at least because it's for a tournament, so it gives another element to their feud, which is basically the – they're 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 trying to do, like, their version of Lita and Trish, I would say. Not saying it's at the quality of Lita and Trish, but that's what they're trying to do is from what I've seen. Um, I, and now I'll say long-term storytelling, I've loved the Julia Hart thing because they could have just done it the next week or the week after that. They've really stretched out in the changing of her personality. I love that. Match was solid. She is just better than Julia Hart, even though, you know, she tried to cheat or whatever. Uh, I, I mean, in-ring work-wise, I'll take all the shit in the world you want to give me. Serena Deeb and Sheeta better than Lita and Trish. By all right. Shine. Like, ring, ring-wise, yeah, yes. but like, like story wise, no, Lena and Trish. But in ring yeah. work every time I could literally and I say this not being dramatic or not being hyperbolic, I could watch them wrestle every day. They have that kind of chemistry. Yeah. I mean, it is like I it is like I've just seen certain wrestlers that have just amazing chemistry and these two, because of their styles, they work really, really well together. I am enjoying this feud. If they wrestle once a month, I would never bitch about it. Yeah, no, genuinely. It's like, for me, this is like how I enjoy Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Anytime they wrestle each other, I'm always fucking for it. We then had Swerve Strickland backstage when Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks proceeded to attack him. And Keith Lee came to the save and took Powerhouse Hobbs and threw him through a wall. Um... I like the fact that we're continuing these two guys going at it because, I mean, their Rampage match was really good. I enjoyed their Rampage match a lot last week. Um, and, like, honestly, I like the fact that Keith Lee's coming on TV on Dynamite just fucking throwing people through shit and, like, just beating the shit out of people because I want him to look like a like a like like an absolute killer because that's just how good Keith Lee is. Um, and plus, these guys work really well together and do enjoy this stuff. Um and I like seeing Swerve on TV too. Like him and Ricky Starks, I'm sure will go at it a little bit. And like if if Swerve's match from Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor is anything is anything, it tells you how good this man is and how AEW is gonna you hopefully use him very well because I like Swerve a lot. Before he was with WWE, Swerve had like four titles and four independent promotions. Like he was the MLW champion, whatever the championship in Seattle was. I forgot what company that is. Maybe the Beyond. I don't know. Uh, but he had a bunch of belts. So he's always, he was a featured guy. So we always knew he could go. But his character work of later, like this this image that he's come up with, 
seems to have added so much to him, and I want to see where it goes. And it's funny because Ricky Starks is, you know, he's suave, he's cool, he's relaxed, you know, he's the handsome guy. But Swerve kind of does the kind of the same thing, and that pisses Ricky Starks off, and he hates the fact that this man is, you know, anybody could think these new people are coming in and maybe can get elevated over. It's a simple story, and I'm really looking forward to this tag match. Absolutely. We then go over to the main event match, FTR versus Young Bucks 2 for both the Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Championships. This match was outstanding. I love the fact that Bobby Cruz was there too, getting the Ring of Honor announcer involved. Um, these two did absolutely outstanding work. Um, again, to run through them every single spot would be um, a bit redundant because, again, they're just so good. Um, I loved the FTR proceeding to hit the, the BTE trigger on the Young Bucks and then the spot, too, where uh, they kissed Matt Jackson before hitting him with the big rig to, to win it. Loved it. Thought it was outstanding. Um, again, the crowd was so fucking hyped for FTR. The Bucks play great heels. They're just so good. And again, like they just do a really good job of just being the dickhead tag team that they are. And it just it, they it works so well. Um, I think I would probably, honest to God, rank this higher than their first match because. I just I just love it so much. I love the everything surrounding it. I thought it was so well done. Um and I know my boy Floyd is gonna go gush about this match a little bit more. Um but yeah. Outstanding way to close off Dynamite for this week. I have been saying for a while that these are the two best tag teams in the world. And I didn't think it was relatively close. But if you watch these two matches that will that will show you that it's not relatively close. The Bucks worked face and FTR worked heel in the first match, and they put on an amazing match. One of my favorite matches of all time. I've there's actually on the uh, on the AEW match guide hosted by Sam on the Social Suplex. Uh, you can go find the episode where me and Sam discussed the match in detail because that match was amazing. Well, then they come back, they reverse roles. Uh, young Bucks are the over-the-top heels. Bucks are, I mean, the uh, Young Bucks are the over-the-top heels. FTR is the faces. They then put on another classic, reverse roles, completely telling the story. I want to give my shout-out. My gushing today is going to be over the Young Bucks. Just how they can do similar moves and similar things, but their expressions, their, uh, you know, the expressions, mannerisms, uh, everything about them, what they say in between the moves make you hate them. I do think FTR did a lot on themselves to get over, but I think Young Bucks making themselves so hateable has helped elevate FTR to another level. And now it's allowing people to look at FTR and see that they are really, really special. They have worked really face recently two matches and they're probably two of the best tag team matches I've ever seen, right? That's how good these men are, right? That's how good the Young Bucks are. I'm like, I don't want anything, me talking about how good the FTR is, to ever take away with how good I think the Young Bucks are. FTR is my favorite tag team, but the Young Bucks are 
fucking exceptional. And this match showed all the highlights, the things that they did. When uh, Cash hits the uh, Young Bucks pose, the kiss, all that kind of stuff. But good Lord, one of my favorite spots is when, you know, uh, it looks like Cash is about to make the uh, tag the Dax. And Nick just waits, waits till he's about to make. And then he super kicks him right before he makes the tag. Such a dick move. So amazing. Dax, man, I had just said in a group of mine that Randy Orton was the best hot tag in wrestling. Oh, my God. Dax Hart was like, okay, okay. You know, he's like, hey, Floyd, I don't want to have a conversation with you because I might be the best hot tag in wrestling. Dude, I was, I was, I matched the match and immediately watched it again. It was so good. These dudes are such great at wrestling. Again, I had it at five. Anybody goes four and a half or higher, I agree with you. It's always going to mean more than me. Tag team wrestling is my form of wrestling, my preferred form of wrestling, and these dudes are masters of the art. I could go on for another hour, but I am going to stop here. Yeah, but that was AEW Dynamite for this week. Um, We'll move over to the most recent AEW Rampage from April 8th that just aired a few hours ago. Again, I am not going to be able to go much in detail of my opinions because, like I said, I have not seen Rampage yet myself. So I will be uh, I will be telling Floyd at least uh, a little bit of stuff. But we'll move we'll move through the matches themselves. I guess Floyd, do you want to run through this real quick? Yeah, first match up: Brian Danielson versus uh, what is it? Uh, oh, good lord, Trent. Trent with the question mark. Okay, Trent with the question mark. Solid match. Uh, Trent looked really good. I, I just thought they both looked. Brian Danielson's the best wrestler in the world. He ends the move, ends the uh, uh, match with a modified yes lock. Uh, you know, taps him out. Uh, Will, uh, you know, Trent was like, I'm going to beat up Brian Danielson. And then Willie Uta is going to come back, come crawling back. Didn't quite out work out the way he wanted to. But again, solid match. It was a solid match. Uh, next match up was uh, Swerve versus QT Marshall. I mean, this match would have been fine on Dark. Uh, Swerve, you know, dominated the match, hit his finisher, uh, and got the win. Uh, Ricky Starks then comes out and says, you know, I've been wanting to fight you. We're going to fight. Uh, so we're, uh, won't you meet me in my hometown of New Orleans? It's going to be Ricky Starks. Powerhouse Hobbs, and he said, "Won't you bring that big? I forgot a big oof, oaf. It was a word I hadn't used or heard in a long time. I think he called him Oath, Keith Lee, and we're gonna do this in my hometown. I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Thought that was cool. Uh, I don't know if this is when it happens in the show, but we didn't get like a, a profile on Marina Shafir show her beating people up." Honestly, the way like her look is with the hoodie and all that stuff, she honestly looked like John Moxley, and and she's uh, she turned around and said, I, "I dare you to solve me," you know, <laughs> and that's it. That's all she said, and that was it. I was thought I thought it was really cool. I feel like again, I don't know if they're gonna bring any women into the Blackpool Combat Club. Marina Shafir fit right in the Blackpool Combat Club, but they like to beat up their people before they let them join, so out that way yeah yeah yeah, i don't know if that works out that way i think her serena d would fit perfectly in the group um yeah um then we got 
Willow Nightingale versus Red Velvet. Willow Nightingale is from Boston where the show was, so the fans were cheering her. Red Velvet actually worked heel, and she kicked in the face and uh, uh, won the match. And she was playing up the whole, you know, you hate me because I'm beating up your favorite person. I think Willow Nightingale, I don't know if she's getting signed, but I think she's in that. You know how people got like Willow Utah and Lee Moriarty, where they were just wrestling a lot, filling in a lot, and then right. um, it seems like she's in that. She's probably going to be signed within the next few months or whatever. It feels like that, but it might have been she's from New York area, so it might have just been because they're in Boston. We will see how much they use her going forward because they used her at ROH and now they use that that and they're trying to fill in the women's division. So mm-hmm. I think she's a good piece because I think she's a very solid wrestler. Um, yeah. Um, and then I believe it was the main event. Honestly, yeah. if FTR and, FTR and Young Bucks didn't happen, this would be the match of the week. Uh, very somewhat early in the match, John Moxley busted over Will and Yuta, and he was bleeding. But Yuta, the story of the match is that Will and Yuta has gotten better. He is fighting tougher. And he was hanging with Moxley the whole time, blow for blow. He actually stole some moves. He did uh, kick your fu- uh, kick your head in. He did Daniel Bryan's kick your head in. He did did the uh, he did the bulldog choke on Moxley. Moxley was just a little tougher. He hit uh, he hit paradigm shift. Willer Uta kicked out. He hit the elevated paradigm shift. Willer Uta kicked out. He finally got him in just like a. Uh, a rear naked choke and finally tapped him out. And, you know, it was just a bloody, a physical match. I plan on watching it again in the morning because I'm like, it was just that good. And then um, William Regal came up to, uh, 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 came up to him and it looked like, Willie, you looks like he's ready to fight when William Regal's in the ring. William Regal sticks out of his hands and shakes it, and they uh, congratulate him. And if you go to Twitter, to Willa Yuta's page, it says Blackpool Combat Club. Willa Yuta is officially a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. I am loving where this is going, and it's going to be amazing. And that uh, they also made a huge announcement in the show. Tony Khan said he was going to make a huge announcement, make a dream match he's one wanting to make. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe for the <laughs> ROH Television Champion in New, Orleans, in New Orleans. Now, you might, why are they doing this in New Orleans? Well, if you don't understand, New Orleans was one of the last cities that got canceled after the pandemic. And they just got pushed, kept pushing it back. And I believe this is the fourth time it's been pushed back. So I really think they want to establish New Orleans as a great city. So they have given them, a, you know, the three matches they announced are three amazing matches. Yeah, and we'll go through those real quick. Like you said, Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor television title. Jesus fucking Christ, they're going to kill each other. And I'm so excited to see it. We're getting the tag match between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz facing... Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee going to be outstanding, I'm sure. And then the AEW Tag Team Championships being defended, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. I mean, you've got two of the best tag teams in AEW that aren't the Young Bucks and FTR, as we've already stated. Um, and these guys are going to be unreal levels of good. Like, that's three matches, and those are three 
fucking good matches for a dynamite and we haven't even gotten the full card yet so yeah like floyd said because of new orleans's show getting pushed back multiple times they i'm sure want to make sure that this show is good for those fans that have still held on to those tickets that haven't had to let them go to try to get refunds because of the date being pushed back they really really wanted to make sure that that new orleans show was good and from the way that it's looking right now Looks like it's going to be a pretty damn great show. And I will say, you want to make it an outstanding show, and you want to make it a great show, the best possible show for New Orleans, put my guy on there. Put CM Punk on that card. Give those people what they want, which what they want is the best in the world. I very well might be. They announced a bunch of new cities this week. Uh, this uh, And they announced St. Louis and Kansas City for June. And with Detroit, I might be in, at three Dynamites in June. Yeah. That's crazy. No, but I'm probably going to have to make a decision because Lord knows I go to too many wrestling shows. Uh, yeah, No, but uh, no, uh, I'm really excited about this uh, show. And again, those three matches, you know you're going to get a, a women's match. Uh, you know you're going to probably get, like, what, two more matches there. You may even get Punk cutting a promo. <coughs> I think, I personally think they're going to wait until after Friday, uh, or after the uh, Battle of the Belt show or the Friday show, to bring Punk back uh, because I just think, you know, he has to know who the champion is so he knows who he's challenging. So I'm looking forward to what's going on with everything in it with Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, you know, FTR and uh, MJF still have kind of unresolved things. You know, that's kind of left hanging. Uh, when is the whole. Um, Julia Hart's gonna. Uh, when is is she gonna fully go House of Black? Because everybody's insinuating House of Black, but she's literally had no interactions with House of Black since then. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just so many threads in AEW right now, where you're trying to see where it's going. It's like, what is Blackpool Combat Club gonna be? They just added a new member, and I mean now that uh, they have ROH under AEW's uh, belt, they now have a six man title, right? They do. You know, they have a six-man title from ROH. What does that mean going for? I could ask a hundred more questions. But if anybody asks why AEW is the best at what they do right now, I just told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, seriously. I'm, I'm so excited for this upcoming episode of Dynamite. And like I said, we're, we're excited to see what else gets announced for that New Orleans show. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for this episode of All Things Elite. Guys, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, for this episode, make sure you continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through Red Circle. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Before I send it to Floyd, shout out to my Detroit Tigers on opening day today. Absolutely making an outstanding comeback win against the Chicago White Sox. Just wild stuff. I love Austin Meadows. I'm so happy he's here. Javier Baez with the big walk-off to get the win for the Tigers. I'm so excited for Tigers baseball this year. I'm so happy we have a season, thank God, because, I mean, it looked like it looked dire for a little while. Um, but my, my my Detroit Tigers are going to make some noise this year. 
I hope to God that they can at least uh, my my goal for them is just over 500. Like if they can get over 500, I'm gonna be happy. It's been rough going for the Tigers for a very long time, and I want to see us start making some moves. And we spent a lot of money this offseason, so I'm hoping to see it come to flourishion. And I'm just shouting out my boys, Tigers baseball, so fucking hyped for it. Um, and when Miggy hits, when Miguel Cabrera hits hit 3,000, I'm gonna be shouting from the rooftops for it. But I will go ahead and pass it off to my boy Floyd uh, as he takes us home for this episode of All Things Elite. All right, uh, big shout out to Cash and Dax. See you next week. Just want to throw that out there. Um, uh, and if you heard coughs at the end, apologize. Like I said, still dealing with the cold. My cough medicine started wearing off towards the end there. Um, but uh, I just seen it online today, and I've seen it online every week. Be nice to people. I just I just don't know why people would ever choose anger. You know, just be nice to people. Uh, protect your friends. Love them no matter what. Uh, just know that you know uh, you know you know your people. You know the people that you know. Yeah, you might know them offline. You might hang with them. You might talk to them more than others. Know that they got your back. You know, those are the opinions that matter, not the opinions of the uh, million, the opinions of the millions of faceless people online. It's just just worry about and keep the people close to you and make them matter. It, it's really just over the last few days, just sick of people being mean to each other on Twitter. And it just seems like for no reason other than, I guess, supposed jealousy. I don't know. It's just that jealousy just seems too easy. But uh, just be good. And uh, be good, be happy, enjoy life. We only get one of those. And I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.